You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bringing you the best story, best trends, and best game from the best conference. Fourth and manageable. An SEC football podcast. Now, here's John Chuckery and Ashley Holder. All right, um, let's get into, so as we start to get into bowl season, we're still a couple of weeks, 10 days or whatever like that before the SEC itself gets into a bowl game schedule. But I wanted to to talk a little bit about sort of the state of where some of these programs are. I think the SEC has got some interesting matchups in the bowl season. I want to kind of go through this this week. You want to you want to start off with the most important one, or what's that? Okay, well, I mean, we the Orange Bowl. Oh boy! Well, look, what are you talking about? There's plenty of orange down there. I know that. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, a crap! It's not gonna. It's gonna look awful. First of all, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think you uh, already got Miami. That's in there too, and, and my, the Hurricanes and the Dolphins. That, that's just too much orange in one place. Can we agree that Tennessee does not need to wear those helmets that they wore against South Carolina, though? Yeah, Did we you like those that. helmets against South Carolina. No, no. I'm all, uh, I'm just all about. I'm all about the the classic, right? Just keep it classic. I, I have a big I have a big issue when blue blood programs start going with the crazy uniform. Tennessee's gone with the black. Georgia's done the black. Ohio State's done the. So like, Tennessee's been doing that black for a while because even when I was in school, they did do those blackouts. But it was just simple the black and the black and orange, right? It wasn't like they never had the gray. They never had any of that. No, I don't like no, that. But they no. did do the blackout game, and that was only on Halloween. That was the only yeah, time that, that, they did that that worked out real well for Georgia when they tried to do that against Alabama and got curb stomped uh, for right. But let's let's kind of go in this order. Let's start with with the with the programs as we go into early part of the bowl season. So Florida will be the first program up. We saw that Anthony Richardson is going to turn pro. Don't know if he's going to play in this game, you know, or not. Wasn't a bad year for Billy Napier in his first year. Their defense has got a lot of work. I do think, though, that the arrow trends upward with what Napier did. Yes, he's going to lose his NFL quarterback and all that. But if he can recruit those kids, there's – there's no reason to think that Florida isn't sort of on the uptick, at least the way I see it. They ran the football well. They got to get a little bit better on defense. You expect more skilled people at Florida than what they had. But I feel like Napier did a pretty good job, and I think at least he satisfied some of the Florida fans. But think about it, they beat Utah in the first game of the year on All their right. home field. So I, I think he did enough good things that, as a Florida fan, you should feel pretty good about going into bowl season and beyond. Yeah, for sure. But they're also playing a team, you know, um, for 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 them that, you know, hasn't won a bowl game since 20. I think they said 2013. So, I mean, they've got a lot. They, they've got a lot to prove as well, you know, as far as the Oregon, Oregon State side. And, you know, you like those. It's actually a very good well. team, by the way. Oregon State's a very yeah. sneaky. Oregon State's a sneaky, good football team. They're a very good defensive team, but 
they are. I mean, this is two teams. And they're winless against SEC right teams, so I think they want to change right. that now too. So yeah. there's a couple of stuff on the line, um, obviously for Florida, but I think a little bit more for Oregon State, if I it, like, in my opinion, right? Just for a little bit more bragging rights and um, the fact that you know they haven't they haven't won one since 2013. That's that's a that's a pretty decent long stretch. So let's look at Missouri. Um, you know, Eli Drinkwitz to me is the next guy that would be most likely to get fired in the SEC. If I start picking, putting down, now that Auburn's had their coaching change and things like that, I, I think even more than Jimbo, and I'll, I'll we'll talk about Texas A&M because I, I have a theory about Jimbo, but I think Missouri's a program that is starting to get lost in the shuffle. I, I think Eli Drinkwitz is a guy who is most, if you start putting together coaches, most likely to be let go in the SEC. I think even more than Jimbo, I think Eli Drinkwitz is at the top of the list. Yeah, I. You know what? I won't even act like I know. I've watched much of Missouri because I have not. But yeah, agree with you. So um, Arkansas, this is another program that I love. Sam Pittman, he is a fantastic guy. But this is two years in a row. Which they probably didn't want to. Did see that one? They probably didn't want to lose to Arkansas at the end right. of that season, which allowed Missouri to become bowl eligible. So. This is two years in a row, though, for Arkansas, where they've gotten off the really good starts and then just stumbled to the finish line. And this is this is two years in a row. I don't know if that's personnel. I don't know if that's players. They've, they've got a lot of good players. Look, Will Anderson might have been the, the defensive player of the year in the SEC, but that kid that plays defensive line for them was maybe the runner-up in, in mm -hmm. the conference. They've got some personnel. Quarterback's pretty good. The running game has been really good. But this is two years in a row where it just feels like they've really just kind of stumbled down the stretch. Yeah. I love Sam Pittman. I think he's the right guy for that job. But they got to start to learn how to close games versus, mm -hmm. you know, they get off the three and one, four and oh starts. And last year, Georgia took their soul after they were four and oh, and they never yeah. recovered. And it seems like they didn't recover again this year. Yeah, they have been kind of a little bit more of an up and down program and they have to find that consistency, like you were saying, but they do have those pieces that are there to get it together. But I think, when, man, when you're in the SEC, right, you have so much pressure on you already to you're already looking at your schedule, figuring out who you got to play and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they they did have a solid quarterback. They had a decent a decent defense. But like you said, they have to put all those pieces together, all phases of the game to be able to figure out how to close it out. Because you don't want to be getting the, getting the to bowl games, like you said, by the skin of your teeth, and then you end up what like not saying the Liberty Bowl's an awful bowl, but it's not like the sexiest bowl game out there, right? Well, and you think about they they had LSU on the ropes in, in that game to end the yeah. season, the regular season. They they had LSU beat. They they could have beat LSU. They those two teams only scored twenty three points combined. I think it was thirteen ten. I think is what it ended up. But they had them definitely on the ropes. All right, Ole Miss. I, I think the best thing that happened to Ole Miss is Lane Kiffin staying. I think Lane Kiffin is a better fit at Ole Miss than he is at Auburn. When he's at Ole Miss, he can run his offense. He can do what he wants to do. He's not going to get pushed back. There's not going to be people behind the scenes that, that look to try to improve. I think Ole Miss for him is a really good fit. And I think that that is the ideal program in this conference for him to be at. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, they said before that they hadn't been, they had been on about four, three or four straight bowl games. And then you look at him coming in and they've been to three straight bowl games. So he's obviously done a really phenomenal job there. Um, you know, again, I'm a little biased against, against <laughs> Kiffin. Let's not talk about it. Um, but no, he's done a very good job for Ole Miss. And uh, you you could tell obviously how he's been able to take that. Uh, again, we talk about trajectory, right? They're kind of on, on that right path. They've, again, a lot of hard hard games on that schedule, but they've been able to do a pretty good job. And I think that this this bowl game of them with Texas Tech will actually be a pretty decent uh, match up, matchup for that Texas Bowl. You know the the crazy thing about Ole Miss, and and this is where this is where I say Kiffin can do what he wants to do. You know, two years ago they were one of the most prolific passing teams in all of college football. They're now one of the most prolific running teams in all of college football. Like mm-hmm. those Zach Evans who I think is a first-round NFL talent. Judkins was first-team all-conference. You know, they couldn't – I mean, their forward passing game this year looked like it was something from the Second World War. Like, dark <laughs> could not throw the football. But two years ago, when Matt Corral and some of these – and even when they had both – I mean, this was one of the most prolific passing teams in the nation, and they've completely changed their identity. You can get away with that at programs like Old Miss. But mm-hmm. when you start to go – different directions with your offensive philosophy a lot of programs will get you know look georgia southern is a program that as soon as they tried to get away from the triple option and all that people started revolting down there people started yeah. having rallies when brian van gorder wanted to bring in a more modernized offense to georgia southern people threw him out like he was gone like there there are programs that just don't like to go through that old miss is one of those programs that kiffin can do what he wants to do there and he won't get any pushback for it i think that's why he is just such a good fit they're happy if they win seven eight nine games i do think that he stumbled at the end they if they'd won the egg bowl they had a real chance to be a big six bowl game team out of all this but he just seems like a more natural fit there how long he stays because you already saw he dipped his toe into auburn's water obviously and i'll be honest with you that's a matter of Auburn didn't want him. If if, if Auburn wanted him, he'd be there. Yeah. 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 He'd be there right now. So I, I, I hope he stays at Ole Miss. I think he's good for the conference. He I probably would have he probably would do a lot better at Ole Miss than he would at Auburn. I agree. I and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that too, because I'm I'm with you on all of that. Let's jump over to South Carolina. Look, I I got a chance to see Shane Beamer at SEC Media Days and, and talk to him for a minute. I'll run through a wall for Shane Beamer. I, I think mm-hmm. the job that he's doing there, and I think the fact that not just what they did against Tennessee, but they were very much counted out the very next week against Clemson. And they yeah. went out there, and Spencer Rattler played out of his mind. Now, whether he stays, he goes, he goes to the NFL. I think if I'm spend, if I'm advising Spencer Rattler, I tell him to stay at South Carolina because I think he's got the right coach. I think that program is trending in the right direction. They've got NFL talent, even on their defense, they've got NFL talent. I love what Shane Beamer is doing. It and we talk about coach of the year candidates, Kirby, Josh Heupel, those should be your top guys. Yeah, but right underneath Shane Beamer should be in that discussion yeah. right after those top guys for coach of the year in the SEC. Right, and f- for sure, it is a very big uh, chance for the Gamecocks to end this season, like on on a high note. When you look at this Gator Bowl right here, right, so you want to go ahead and go go against this, but this is also two two coaches, like you say, Beamer as well as Freeman, that people love right now because they love him for for Notre Dame as well and what he's 
trying to do with that program and stuff like that. So I just think that this is actually probably one of those um, highly anticipated matchups that people are actually going to be watching for this one. Tennessee. Um, I love Josh Heupel and, and I'm an unabashed Josh Heupel fan. Um, I think he's a terrific hire. Um, I, I was very curious to see what Tennessee would be coming into year two. I thought they did a lot of good things and I thought some of that momentum started to change last year. And then obviously they took off and I understand it, you know, a couple losses late in the season, all that, but it doesn't diminish. I think he's the SEC coach of the year. I think that program is where it needs to be. And look, I'm not just going to say this because I've got you in front of me, but college football is better when Tennessee is a good football program. I think there's nothing but excitement. One of the guys I work with on our college football show, he lives in Chattanooga and I ask him all the time, what's the mood up there? I think this is the first time you feel like maybe since Fulmer that you feel like the program is on real steady footing moving forward. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Listen, when I was there, we, I, God, we went, we had Dooley, we had Kiffin, we had. I, I mean, I don't even know the other last one that we had that was Butch, there probably. Butch, or was it was it Butch? Oh yeah, I think Butch was the last one. God, it, it, that's what I tell you right there. I just can't even keep up with mm-hmm. how many coaches are there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been such a long time, and Tennessee fans are like, everybody will say it's about their school, right? There's those ones that are like. Oh God, when like please, Lord, just please, like not this year. Let's just have a good year. We start off real, real faithful to it, and it doesn't. But I, a lot of props to Hypo, right? And in the, the guys that stayed and the guys that came, because a lot of people left after that program, right? So it was truly right. a rebuilding of that program. So to be able to see what he was able to do in such a short amount of time, and to be able to go ten wins, is a very huge, is a very huge thing. And then in the, the quarterback that they were able to get, and when you look at Hooker and stuff like that. But what I love about this matchup is you still have a number six going against a seven. Are really these are two top pillar these are two top teams mm-hmm. in their conference in their own right yes they did not go to the the sec championship but they we don't know what could have happened right if hooker wouldn't have got her we don't know that situation of how that would have looked but these are two top teams and both of them are basically playing their backup quarterbacks right so you got them wanting to lead them if you want to say backup quarterback obviously for uh clemson you know their starting one once he got benched against the tar heels now he's he done entered the portal he like i'm out of here i'm not i'm not with that but then you also have have you know the other the other quarterback for um I just forgot his name for for Club Tennessee Nick. yeah oh, so Clubnick will play for Clemson and then obviously Milton will play for Tennessee right exactly so that's so so you look at those those two guys and how they're gonna lead their teams in 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 this huge game right Orange Bowl is always a prestigious bowl yeah. to play in. People love going to that bowl. It's obviously bringing in new, the new year and you're in Miami. So I think it's going to be a really like high anticipated um, um, game. It's going to be fun. I'm definitely trying to go. So, you know, John, if you got some hookups, let me know. <laughs> Don't I know. wish. You're the <laughs> girl, not me. I we'll just do, we'll do the podcast from, from, um, oh, yeah. from listen, I, listen, we can do this anywhere we want. Listen, that's the great thing about <laughs> podcasting. I will say this. I'll give Milton credit because in today's world, most guys would have left that program. Most guys would have transferred out of that program. They'd have hit the portal and said, hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. I mean, they would not have stayed at a program if they weren't going to start. So I'll give Milton credit that he stayed with the program, believed in it, and he'll get his shot in the Orange Bowl. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, a couple of teams that, um, you know, are did not have the season that they hoped for. Let's start with A&M. This is my theory. If Jimbo starts out two and four next year, and his schedule's not the easiest next year, he starts out two and four next year. I don't, care, I don't care how much money they owe him. He won't let make it through the season. They start out two and four next year. He will not make it through a full season at Texas A&M. Yeah, at this point they shouldn't though. Why would you keep him after that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, getting through the skin of your teeth, even even lasting this year. To be there's honest, there's an old you. saying that says it 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 it's too expensive to keep you. It, it it may be expensive to get rid of you, but it's too expensive to keep you for our program. And that's where this is going with and, Jimbo. And, and then you also have to look at this right now. Um, they lead, I believe they're the top school with the most kids entering the portal. Oh, yeah. So you also yeah. have to look it's at that. Yeah. So not only are you putting the pressure on him to win, to, to win these tough games in the beginning of the season, he's got to rebuild the freaking program too, because all the guys, most of the, if they're leading all schools right now in transfer portal, they don't want to be there. They right. want to go somewhere they're going to win. They want to go somewhere. They, at this point, not even just losing. They probably don't even get along with Jimbo. This is just me. Just I don't know. But you get what I'm saying? So it, he's got a tough task um, in front of him. And to be honest with you, if it's not for the football gods, I don't see him lasting a whole season next year. I think he's gone. It's just about win. Let's move over to Auburn. Um, obviously, they changed their head coach. I met Brian Harson at SEC Media Day, sat down and, and talked with him. He looks the part. I mean, he's a tough-minded guy. Did not work out. I think he was an outsider there. I will tell you, Auburn was smarter to hire Hugh Freeze than they were to hire Lane Kiffin. The better, the better hire for that program is Hugh Freeze. And look, yes, Hugh Freeze probably got that job based off a lot of he did beat Bama a couple of times when he was old miss and things like that. He's quote unquote paid his penance. Um I think I think Hugh Freeze was the right hire over Lane Kiffin at Auburn. Now let's see if he can get kids in there because their offense was dreadful. Their quarterback play was dreadful. Even Tank Bigsby did not have the kind of season that I think we thought he would have. I think he was an all-SEC. I voted for him first-team all-SEC in the preseason. Did not have the kind of year. I think part of that's they didn't feed him the ball, but there is a lot of work that yeah. Auburn's got ahead of him. Yep. You look at that and short and sweet. I mean, they got to be able to rebuild the program and you got to be able to close the gap between your rivals for them, which is again, Georgia and Alabama. Vanderbilt's a program that Charlie lay, I think did a lot of good things. The fact that they went in the final week of the season being with a chance to be bowl eligible. I know they got run by Tennessee, but they had a chance. They at least were a five win team. Look, five, six, seven wins at, at Vanderbilt will keep you there for 20 years if you want. Yeah, I don't think it's too hard to sit there and stay at Vanderbilt for what they're considered to do. They just want – they I they, I think they just want a couple wins, man. They stay at around 500. I think they're pretty much happy. Mark Stoops just fired his OC at Kentucky. The problem I have is that – and I love Mark Stoops, and, and I've talked to him before, and I had him on the, the show a few weeks ago. I think he's a really good coach for that program. 
But when you have an NFL top 10 caliber quarterback and a first team all conference running back, you have to make some hay with those guys. And I don't think they made enough hay with those guys. I love him. I think he does an outstanding job. But when you get that little blip where everything aligns, you have to take advantage of that. And they just don't, they just don't beat enough good teams. I think they're in good hands with Stoops. I just think that when you get those top caliber players in your program, you have to do a little bit more yeah. with them. You just got to make sure that they're that they're making some noise, right? You don't want to just yeah. have them being average players. They got to be the players that they are. And they got to play to their talent, basically. So that's something that we definitely figure out. Mississippi State, we know what their identity is. I think Mike Leach is really good for the conference. If there's one guy that I love seeing in the SEC, Mike Leach is it. He'll surprise a few people. They kind of are what they are. They'll never be, I don't think, as good as what Dan Mullen had them years ago. But I think like Mike Leach is the right guy to lead that program moving forward. Yeah, I think they're on a, a good trajectory of trying to figure out. Well, they did really well this year of figuring out who they are, right? And now you just have to build on that. Brian Kelly's another guy that with LSU should be looked at as coach of the year. Obviously, they exceeded expectations. They have an outstanding quarterback. They're going to they be were looking shaky and then got back yeah. on got yeah. back on track. They they are going to be very interesting because obviously they went and got Daniels in the portal from Arizona State. Mm. It's going to be very interesting how Kelly uses the portal and things like that to build that team because you know, he's got a national footprint. When you coach at Notre Dame, you've got a national footprint about where you recruit. And I know it's a different type of athlete, but less miles in the old days. He owned New Orleans to Houston, and especially Houston. He owned that whole area. That's a really good high school hotbed. But I think I think Kelly has the opportunity. He can go further out. And, you know, look, they brought Daniels in from Arizona State. I'm going to be very curious how he used the portal because I don't think that team is that far away from staying at the top of the SEC like they did in the old days with you know, Saban, Les Miles, and all those guys. Yeah, I think that they're on the right path right now. They look great and they have a really good uh um they have a really good task in front of them when you look at their bowl game situation as well. Let's wrap it up with Alabama and Georgia. Um they're the two top of the mountain programs. Everything is in good shape there. I think the interesting thing about Saban when you see him on TV politicking for his team to be in the playoff that didn't belong or whatever, eh. We talked a lot about Kirby. It's the best program in the nation. They're good. I, I'm going to be curious to see. I'm always I'm always wondering, again, how long Saban's got. I've kind of joked about the idea, but I'm not really joking. When Miss Terry says it's time for him to come home, that's when he'll come home. But they're still at the top of the mountain, them and Georgia, when it comes to not just the SEC, but programs in general. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's what else is there left to say about Georgia? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they, I mean, there's nothing else to say left about them. For Alabama, I still think they're going to be a top um, top team and still going to be a team to beat. The question is just what do they look like with Saban? What do they look like without Saban? You know, those are all going to be answers that we're now going to or questions we're all going to now get the answer to. The other part of it is they picked up Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech through the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be curious to see how they do that. Over the last few years, their skill position play has been outstanding. Quarterback, wide receiver, all the guys that have gone to the NFL. Bryce Young's going to be an NFL quarterback. Gibbs had an outstanding season. I'm going to be curious to see if they can keep that momentum of quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running. Because that's what their identity is now. They are now an explosive offensive team with all these run, all these wide receivers that have gone the first round over the last few years. And with Tua, and with Matt Jones, and with Bryce Young, 
Like yeah. They're not playing this top tier. This is the best run of quarterbacks Alabama's ever had. Can they keep that pace moving forward? That's what they're going to find out.